Okay, good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday for those that are here live. Wherever you join, thanks so much for joining. It's an honor to have you guys on for those that are here live on a Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern. I think we have people from California here. That's 6 a.m. Eastern. That's some significant commitment, so we appreciate that. But whatever it is um, that you're on, we appreciate it. We ended up last week talking about and really sort of closing out this path that we were taking called honor. Honor led us from seeing other people to ultimately, hopefully, seeing ourselves. And when you actually see yourself, what you're seeing is not the the shell, but it's actually the core, which is something that is beyond our possible comprehension once we appreciate now if you're if i'll give you homework for those who will do it which is if you can spend five minutes a day whenever it is but schedule it so if you're in the car driving somewhere every day if you're on a train if you're if you prepare a cup of coffee whatever it is that you're doing where you don't have to like stop If you could just remind yourself to think about this for five minutes a day over the course of the next few weeks, it's going to blow you up. But if you, if you, if you create like five minutes somewhere and you forget, it just doesn't work. Five minutes a day. Just to think about the fact that what's inside you is a source of eternality and infiniteness that is beyond something you'll ever comprehend ever. We will never ever appreciate the extent of our power. I don't even want to go into these worlds of heaven and hell and that world, but to me, the, what I've understood it to be is not like you go to some pur- purgatory and like they burn you. It's this concept of when one finally leaves and sheds its body, we gain some perspective of who we were and the remorse of what we could have done is what that feeling is. I don't know, but that's from what I have read and studied to be the closest thing that feels right to me in my own humble mind. Humble, not that I am humble, humble that it's limiting. So this concept that we are sitting on this diamond is really at the core of honor. And the more we appreciate that, the more it exists in other people as well. So we wanted to, we want to bring it out in other people. And so we honor them by seeing them, by wanting to bring out the best in them. And that just comes back and reminds us. And then we bring it out to more people and it reminds us someone like, you know, he gets upset and like, we just look at them and slow down and we don't get upset with them. We just sort of like, we just sort of see them and appreciate them. It doesn't mean that we like believe them. It doesn't mean that we have to like buy what they're selling. We could appreciate somebody. And all that does is bring more honor to ourselves because it just reminds us that we all are built with something special. That's really honor. It's not a trophy. And what, where this leads us is really to the next level. The next level of the traits that we're delving into together is something called eternality. 
in Hebrew, it's called Netzach. And this is a trait that is closely related to Moses. Moses was the paradigm of this concept. And when you look at the life of Moses, you find something fascinating. That if we wouldn't know better, we would think that Moses may have a little tinge of arrogance, right? Who has the guts to go up against Pharaoh? Remember, Pharaoh was the most powerful man in existence at the time. Egypt was the epicenter of civilization. It wasn't a democracy. Pharaoh was the undisputed king, so much so that they thought he was a god. That's why Moses kept on meeting him by the Nile, because he would go to the bathroom once in the morning and never go during the day. And people would see him and go, he must be a god. He doesn't go to the bathroom. And God's like, do me a favor, Moses, check him out at, you know, at 4.30 a.m. by the Nile. Can you imagine how embarrassed Pharaoh was when Moses was like, oh, stop it. <laughs> you know, can you imagine? Oh, stop. Relax. We, you know, we get it. We get it. You're a god. Not only did they think he was king, they thought he was God. And Moses goes up against them with such chutzpah, I think Michael just said. Wow. Let my people go. Whew. I want you to get rid of two million people. I want you to, like, knock out the labor force. Oh, no. Oh, you don't want to. You want to play? Okay. Because my daddy's bigger than your daddy. It's gonna get it's gonna get fun. And Moses goes up against them. If you look at the words, it's significant. Moses isn't like, sir, can I please? Moses is like, listen, you're gonna die, man. You're messing with the wrong dude. Who has the guts to do that? You gotta be like pretty sure of yourself, no? We're scared to ask for a raise. We're scared to ask for an A. We're scared to do anything. We're like, we see like a cop coming over. We're like, get all nervous. Can you imagine? And then the Jews go out into the desert and they sin. And God says to God, God says to Moses, I'm going to kill them. And Moses says, if you kill them, you can just get rid of me too. In Hebrew, it's mechenina. Why don't you erase me from your book? Are you serious? This is God talking. Are you challenging God? Moses, if you look at what, he was a tough dude. He was a tough guy. He was out there fighting from the moment we saw him. And yet the Torah teaches us that there was no man more humble than Moses. Does that sound humble to you? Does that sound like a man who is humble? Someone who was willing to go up against every big thing or person. Someone that could fight an army, split a sea, stand before God. Who has the, who has that gravitas to, to stand before God multiple times? What did you think the most humblest man in the world would be the guy in the back? like wakes up in the morning and is like very satisfied and like he puts his head down 
Moses could have been a lot of things, but like humble. And the Torah tells us the most humble ever. Moses. How? Because we need to understand what humility is. Humility is a misconception, like so many other things in our lives. So much of what we learn from our environment is not in any way related to what spiritual thinking is. Humble in English is connected to the word meek. To humble oneself is to lower oneself. It's how the word is used. And so when you think of people that are humble, we think of individuals that are meek. We think humility is thinking less of self. I can't. And if somebody thinks they can, they must be arrogant. But what really is humility? That's what we're going to get into now. Because this really, we're really in position to get this. Because we're, humility and arrogance is like fire. You really don't have a middle ground. Either it's destroying your life or you're using it to get to the moon. Right? Either it's the most important, most valuable resource of, in the world, or it is the most destructive. And in fact, the Torah teaches us that if someone is arrogant, it's, the, it's really one of the only things that God says, I have no place to be in that person's life. Arrogance dispels spirituality. If you want to know what dispels it most, it's arrogance. A person on the outside could look amazing. But if they're arrogant, they are getting rid of spirituality much quicker than somebody who has just fell to temptation. So just to give you a sense, there's a, there's a guy on a street corner, an addict, who can barely keep his head outside a needle, who whistles derogatorily at people, who has basically fell to every temptation in the world. And next to him, walking past him, is a perfectly pristine person who on the outside looks like life is together and on the inside thinks that they, that their arrogance is that they run the world. Looks over to that guy with like a disdain. If you're looking up from heaven and you're seeing these two people, the person who is at the worst of temptations and the person next to him who's at the worst of arrogance, spirituality rests more with the, the beggar in the corner than that guy who looks amazing, who looks over at the beggar and goes and thinks he's less of a human being. And of course, I, I, humility and arrogance are the things that connect us to people and pull us away from people. Humility and arrogance is why relationships are broken and why people can act even in religious ways and not really feel anything. Humility and arrogance is why we can't accomplish what we need to accomplish in this world. 
How do we balance it? Where does it come from? How does it work? So I want to read to you a quote from the same book that I've been talking about a lot, Everyday Holiness. Listen to what he quotes from a great rabbi named Rabbi Abraham Isaac Cook. Rabbi Cook was one of the most famous rabbis in Israel, in the modern era in general, but specifically in Israel. He was the Ashkenazi chief rabbi of Israel. Listen to what he says. Humility is associated with spiritual perfection. When humility affects depression, it is defective. When a genuine, when it is genuine, it inspires joy, courage, and inner dignity. And what is he getting at? Well, let's delve in together. This is what we're going to talk about. <laughs> humility is not I can't. Humility is not I'm not. Humility is not of it's too much. I, it's too much. I'm not enough. Humility, when you look at a humble person, it's not necessarily the person who is the meekest in the room. What humility really is, is this feeling that what is driving my power is a source that is beyond me. Meaning, I'm not driving my power. I, whatever I have, I don't own the thing that is driving the success. It's not my hands that make success. It's not my brain that makes success. It's not my mouth that makes the success that I have. I didn't just get that because I said the right words. I didn't just heal the person because I used my hands in a way. Because I went to school for something. The reason why I achieve success is because I have a power source. That power source may have adapted certain information through neuroplasticity, but neuroplasticity is a gift. I didn't have to be born with neuroplasticity. I, I didn't make that up. I didn't make my brain neuroplastic so when I open up a book and repeat information, it gets stored into my head so I don't have to go redo it. I didn't create this power source that can adapt. And when I go to a gym and work on a specific part of my body, it makes it stronger. When I stand in front of a ball and I keep on batting, I, my brain learns how to swing so my subconscious could see a ball and hit it over a fence. My words that I say are part of something that I've read or heard. I didn't teach myself how to speak. I didn't teach myself how to see. When I get stuck in a corner, I don't just go back into some strength. Where did it come from? This whole thing that I'm working around on all of the elements, and in addition, all the stuff that I'm getting every single second. I don't have any of that. It doesn't belong to me. I don't own it. I don't control it. You know, I've got a doctor. I got, we're not going to get into professionals. This is for another conversation. I'm, you know, I, I live my life in this world. I grew up in this world. Ivy League Law School, the Big Shot Law Firm, professionals. I love professionals. And 
you can get lost in a world of worshiping one's own mind. I'll tell you the day that I found my doctor. I'm blessed. Because when I, when I found my doctor on the way out of his room, my doctor was brilliant. Brilliant. On my way out, I once went to him years ago. I was really, really not feeling well. And I was walking out of his office and said, by the way, what's your Hebrew name? And I'm like, doctor, what does it matter? He says, oh, because I want to pray for you so that you feel better. I'm like, you're the doctor. You just prescribe medication. He goes, yeah, but we're just trying our best here. I also want to pray for you. I said, doctor, you believe that at the end of the day, the healing comes from God? He goes, absolutely. I said, you are my doctor forever with God's help. I didn't, I'm just, I'm just a part of this. I don't have ownership over anything. I exist and everything in my head and everything in my hands, everything on my lips and everything that I feel really is stemming from a source that is beyond me. And so while I can go out and do anything that I train myself to do and do my, all that stuff, fine. And sometimes in life, we'll go out and do something and other people will say, you are, you are, you are, you are. But what humility tells us is, you can say thank you so much, but in your gut of gut, you know, it's not really me. It could look like me. It could sound like me. It could appear like it's me, but in my heart of hearts, I know it's not really me. And the feeling of there's something inside me that is beyond me. That honor that we spoke about last week really is a sense of there's something that is powering me that I rely on, that is a source that is beyond me. It's not me that knows what medicine to, to, to prescribe. It's not me. It could be the brain that now remembers things, but it's not me that can get up in the morning. It's not me. There's something bigger that is within me. And without having to every time having the conversation explain somebody else, even in our heart and heart, heart of hearts knows that there's something bigger in me. There's something that I'm grateful for. There's something that I owe beyond me. Now, as soon as we start to develop that awareness, what comes into our hearts is the idea called humility. Humility doesn't mean you can't go up against the greatest king in the world. Humility, humility is when you do, you know it's not you. You know that you're a channel. You know that you're a vessel. Now, once you get that, stuff starts to change. All right, we'll do this with God's help. It's not me. That's clearly, that's for sure it's not me. But it's not either of us. But this is the secret of why Moses was the most powerful man on earth. Moses got this.
And when we get this, we tap into a power in a way that is much different than the world has taught us to believe. We see people differently. We act differently. We live differently because we are acting and doing and doing and doing. But at the same time, we don't lose ourselves along the way. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for joining today and every day. We appreciate you being here. With God's help, with God's help, we'll continue talking about this um, this trait. This is the trait. This is the trait of real greatness. So hopefully we'll get to it. Have a great Sunday. Have a great day. And with God's help, can't wait to see you again tomorrow.